0: Well, 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 we've got some absolute damage control, mass tweet deletion, you know, uh, seems like more coordination with um, Twitter trust and safety. Uh, This, this, the case just keeps getting weirder and weirder. Now, a new tweet storm has been unleashed by EB here. And uh, it's interesting because uh, also, there's been a ton of uh, weirdness going on with YouTube. Almost every video that I've made on her is now getting demonetized. So I'm wondering if they're getting flagged. Uh, but she put out, if we saw, sorry, to recount, yesterday we found out that Tim Pool was deploying allegedly or had deployed Shane Cashman to interview EB. Now, there were some mealy-worded, you know, hey, we deployed him to talk to her, but he was out before they ever, you know, before the controversy ever even really happened. But it sounds like he has at least used this opportunity to now ask questions about this. And uh, Eliza tweets this out. Please give Shane Cashman a few days before the article published. It took us two days to go over the first two decades of my life. And the last two decades have been equally intense. He did many interviews outside of me as well. He has books worth of writing to do. Why is she running, why is she running interference for the reporter that's supposed to be reporting on her? It looks very suspicious. He's a good man, but he hasn't been easy on my loved ones. Those close to me or me, he was tough. He has been tough enough where he pulled out details of my story that I didn't know even existed because I wasn't the one with the information. Oh! <laughs> it's like, oh, this story is completely made up and um, now, now only the reporter was able to fill in the gaps. He then She then goes on to talk about To be clear, I haven't gotten paid by anyone involved. Why would they pay for you? Why would they give you money for the article? That seems weird. Nor was it requested or offered. No one interviewed for the article got paid. Again, why is, why would anyone worry about you getting paid? Is it that you think it's a fluff piece? Or is that you're hoping to will it into existence? Now I don't know Shane Cashman, and as of right now, I'm giving him 100% the benefit of the doubt. You know, maybe he's a schmoozer, and he's going to do his due diligence and and write a fair article. I know a lot of people don't think that that's possible, given the you know their interactions and their their perceived closeness, and I understand that. But right now, all we can do is really wait to see. And she continues. Tim Cass News isn't monetizing this article, specifically to my knowledge, right now. Um, I wouldn't mind if they did. They just aren't. Why is she so worried about talking about money? Why is she Was anybody like that's weird. Like this this is almost like pre someone in the Twitter in my Twitter mentions I retweeted him it's like pre uh damage control. Maybe she's trying to um maybe she's trying to like compliment him into you know like being, going easier on her. A lot of the replies, obviously, uh, thanks to the people on Twitter that archived them for me, she's still getting crushed in the replies. You know, I think um, people are really not buying it. And there is a specter of question uh, around having Shane Cashman interview somebody he's so clearly close to. Again, I don't know him personally, and I, I just don't feel like, hey, I'm just gonna question his integrity based on reasons but what's been interesting is she's been deleting tweets uh and a lot of them but oh let's get to this reply here so we can't see this because our accounts are protected protected but we can see the replies is there even anyone left that believes a word you say dang you're 40 lol it all needs to be as one page hi i'm Eliza, I'm a big fat liar in red ink for clarity purposes He's closed. He closed the door on the topic real quick. Stopped following a few people as well. Interesting, that. That is interesting. LOL, all this seems so set up and pre-negotiated. I guess I will wait for the article to come out, but I have never seen anyone so excited for what should be a heavily critiqued investigative expose about their life. All of this seems sus as F so far. Yeah, I mean, I've never... I mean... This is a huge scandal. And like she must either either she thinks that she's completely snowed Shane Cashman or she did. One of those two things is true. Because the evidence is like overwhelming. Her own friends came out to completely debunk her stories. You can see the Daily Beast did a good enough job. Yeah, it's funny. Like still no Tim coverage, huh? Just stop, dude. You got caught and was making profit from real victims. You're disgusting. Uh, Literally. It's a, here's Chris. Shout out, Chris. I recognize you from chat. You're always a generous uh, viewer. No other reason for the exclusive subject to plead with her follower to give the author another one to two days to get extremely thorough and totally not paid for article. That doesn't have Jeremy or Brittany who are the direct counter to this piece. Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, there's no support here. Um, She's lost, you know, yesterday, it, the, the, the numbers on Social Blade are kind of delayed depending on their time zone. But basically between yesterday and today, or Wednesday and Thursday combined, she's lost ne- nearly 4,000 followers. On Monday and Tuesday, she lost another 4,500. So that's about 10,000 followers this week. She's rapidly unfollowing people. Um, and if you check the live count, obviously that's probably going down too. That is, you know, but it's got it so much further to go. I mean, I guess people are following, um, you know, to, you know, cause they want to watch the wreck. but what's also interesting is she has also, you know, trust and safety today, I, I'm going to actually probably have to, you know, trust and safety has been being forced to issue a statement now because of all of this. And we're gonna go over that in a different video because it's a little deeper dive, but. So she is now, I wrote wrote earlier, Eliza is on a tweet deleting spree from behind her private account. At least eight tweets deleted today and at least one yesterday. And also I point out that this number is a net number, meaning if you tweet 10 times and you delete eight tweets, it'll show two, right? Uh, or you know, if you delete a hundred if you delete a hundred tweets and you tweet 10 times, it'll show minus 90. Um, and so I wrote that could be much bigger, to be honest. It's a net number. And you already see it's different. Now it says that it's minus two tweets. But again, here's where the math of everything gets interesting. This is somebody who tweets on average. A good Sam Hapless Soul points this out. She was averaging like 50 tweets a day. Suddenly it drops off. Doubt she was less active, more like you said, tweeting and deleting. Um, Yeah, so again, you know, Monday minus 2, Tuesday minus 4, Wednesday minus 5. What that means is if she was averaging her normal tweet account, let's say 50 a day, and it was minus 2, minus 4, minus 5, that means she was deleting over 50 tweets a day. If she maintained her current, you know, pace, over 50 tweets a day deleted how much i mean this is like a lot of evidence that's getting deleted don't you think seems like a lot of evidence that is getting deleted and what's what's more interesting is you know i don't think you know unless you're a lunatic like me um and you have everything archived like it'll be interesting to cross-reference which tweets are actually deleted you know, and, and, you know, beside the scene, you know, you see a lot of these tweets, it's going to be interesting. The internet is very, very strong and powerful and calculated when it comes to, um, you know, uh, running the math on this, the internet, you know, weaponized autism of the internet. Uh, they're going to figure it out, especially since like all the people reporting on this, you know, that sour girl, Brittany, Christine Mayer, um, that umbrella guy, all these people covering this. We've all got archives and we've all shown a bunch of tweets in our videos. So people are going to go back and look to see what she actually deleted. I'm not sure she'll ever come off protected unless this particular report from uh, Shane Cashman is overwhelmingly positive. You could see Tree of Logic writing, Eliza is doing damage control after the Daily Beast article went viral on Twitter yesterday. All the lies she told Shane Cashman can't be published because now the truth is out, and she has to rewrite the entire and he has to rewrite the entire article. Tim Cass is also panicking, and so she's covering for him too. Yeah, I don't know why he's. This is a good good thing here. Tree put out. Don't forget, uh, Frank. Shout out Frank Pellegrino. Uh, posted receipts on how Eliza decided to lock her account one hour after the Daily Beast released their article exposing everything. As I type this, her account is still locked. Um, Eliza, Shane, and Tim are in damage control mode, but it's too late. Of course, you know, I don't know. One more thing. Shane Cashman is very biased when it comes to Eliza Blue. They are good friends, and she, the way she just kept heaping love on him during Tim cast proved to me the so-called investigation piece was going to be a nothing burger. Now, I don't know. I mean, we're going to have to see. I think that there is more than enough evidence for people to be extremely concerned but Shane Casham could still come through here. We kind of know the facts at this point. We, we kind of know the truth. So we're going to know if he does his due diligence and people are being you know, rightfully skeptical, but you know, I'll wait for the piece. Um, but you know, hopefully some other media outlets will cover it too. You know, by this point, everybody in Tim's audience already knows about it. So I want more people covering this, especially uh, maybe the Daily Wire. Maybe, you know, all these people that have platformed this woman, now is kind of the time. Now it's all out there. Now it's safe. You you absolute softies. A little bit of update on the Kyle situation because I've often spoken out in his support. I feel like he's obviously made mistakes and I've Talked to him on the phone, and I reiterated the same thing. On the outside looking in, it seems a lot of uh, these like conservative people are happy to trot him out. I, I just, I just hope they're also helping him with his expenses because as the world kind of has, you know, kind of moves on from Kyle Rittenhouse, he is being crushed by what many consider far left funded, uh, lawsuits to basically ruin his life. This is a kid that was acquitted in the court of law, but what many people forget is after that comes all the civil lawsuits. And yesterday a federal judge approved, uh, another basically lawsuit designed to drain money from him. Uh, that is, you know, many believe are funded from far left activists. You can see this tweet from Ben Koo writes, um, what, didn't, what people didn't realize about Kyle Rittenhouse is that he needs the money from becoming a right-wing influencer simply to fend off the left-wing funded lawsuits against him. It's a sad state of affairs. This in reference to an article how Kyle's went to, you know, ending protesters in Kenosha to becoming a right-wing influencer. Well, I think the kid's got to make money, right? And... The left is making that impossible. It's not like the left is trotting them out there, giving them paid appearances. I mean, the kind of money that it takes to defend yourself in a lawsuit. I mean, I just look at, I don't know if this is uncouth to reveal publicly or whatever, but I guess since part, it was at least partially crowdfunded, I think that's the right thing to do. You know, when I had a, a lawsuit that was a slam dunk win for me, couldn't have gone smoother. You know, absolute destruction W for me. Still cost, I think, between... You know, at the end when it was all said and done, somewhere around $60,000. $60,000 just for a slam dunk lawsuit victory. um, And, like, that's nothing compared to what Kyle has to pay to fend off these wrongful, you know, these, like, suits essentially designed to drain him of all money possible. So what is, what, is one, what is a kid supposed to do? You know, just defending yourself is costing hundreds of thousands of dollars. Judge slaps down Kyle Rittenhouse's request to demiss, dismiss sorry a wrongful passing suit. John Huber, you know, the father of Anthony, has claimed that Kyle and law enforcement are conspiring to harm protesters. He's not winning this lawsuit, right? I don't think that the people funding these these pro bono law, pro bono pro bono lawyers that are you know appearing out of the cracks. I don't think that they think he's going to win these suits. These suits are designed to financially burden him for the rest of his life. A federal Wisconsin a Wisconsin federal judge has ruled that the wrongful uh, death suit uh, brought by a family. Uh, will proceed. U.S. District Judge Lynn Adelman struck down a motion from Kyle's attorneys requesting that the suit be dismissed. The suit was originally filed against Wisconsin law enforcement back in 2021. Kyle was added as a defendant in January of last year. John, the father of Anthony, uh, has claimed that Kyle was conspiring with law enforcement to go after pro—I mean— has his father probably is hasn't been around uh, i assume based on what his son was up to uh but has any of these people seen the footage now what's insane is the complaint claims that kyle and other armed protesters were subject to a different set of rules and were allowed to move around freely in areas controlled by law enforcement defendants in contrast to the treatment of protesters I'm pretty sure the video evidence showed them moving pretty freely through the town and burning down all those car dealerships. This is, again, one of the most insane fake lull suits ever, but they're, it's going to set up. Now, Kyle's responded to this, and I'm going to share his response too, but it's set up to drain him of whatever money the kid has. And, you know, if you followed, you know, a lot of people have taken advantage of him financially. I'll just put it that way a lot and there's only one fundraising source that that he endorses that he's actually behind but all these snakes around him you know took all his money basically whatever money people like the conservative space or pro 2a people donated to him is you know is basically gone uh despite you know despite openly carrying the complaint states that kyle was never questioned by authorities at the time Blah, 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 blah. Edelman said that his ruling on the suit could have been approximately caused by the actions of government defendants. The judge described the complaint as alleging that the only reason Kyle was allowed to walk away after a- defending himself against three people was because he was white. And because he was afflicted with the armed, in- affiliated, sorry, with the armed individuals. You mean like all the three of the victims? What do you mean? They're all victims. No, sorry. All three of the people... That uh, that uh, effed around and found out they were all white. It was like was it, I, I don't remember if it was him or the other white guy that was calling another white guy the n word very famously on these on these clips. You know, it's it's an embarrassment that the legal system basically can say, you know, this is just the way it is, and it sucks. But it's like the legal system can say, hey, this person isn't responsible for this thing, and you know not guilty, blah, blah, blah. And then they can still be punished uh, in civil court, and it could cost them everything. Of course, the attorney for Kyle told the Associated Press that while they respect the judge's decision, they do not believe there's any evidence of conspiracy. And they were confident, just as Kenosha Jury found, that his actions that evening were not wrongful and were undertaken in self-defense. You know, I think if this goes to another jury trial, I I don't think he loses again, because, I mean, just everybody knows. Certainly, his first um, acquittal should be found. You know, should be part of the court documents, right? So the case will now move to the discovery phase, with the expectation that a jury trial would happen at a later date. But again, this is, this is, these are suits designed to drain him of his money. He doesn't have anything to take, right? But the point is to drive him into the dirt, keep him in court. Kyle said, we still have a long fight ahead of us. This ruling was disappointing, but expected. I respect the judge's decision, but hope this lawsuit against me continues that truth will be brought to light. I'm hopeful and thankful for all your continuous support. Um, And he lists on his Twitter his official give, send, go, which is the only, if anybody else says they're trying to raise money for him, this is the only person. It's good to see people are still donating. It adds up. But like, you know, hopefully these big corporations that are trotting him out there to sell tickets, you know, these, I, I'm not saying they're not, I don't know. I I, don't, I never asked him that, you know, I don't ask any for, I didn't ask any firsthand knowledge, you know, of, you know, all these people that are like, ooh, this event featuring Kyle, this event, they, hopefully they're contributing to his legal defense in some meaningful way. Um, you know, I've certainly sent money to him that now I feel like he probably never got, um, and so I'll probably pitch something into his give send go as well. Um, somewhere, probably you know whatever this video makes, you know pass it on to him. But it, it's sad, uh, you know. And of course, you know you have the left wing just celebrating it. You know this is a great thing. You know he this is they want him. If you look at a lot of these comments, you know like they oh no it was it was Joseph Jojo that was the one that liked the kids. That's right, and I think Jojo was the one that. Uh, had the the n-word flying out of his mouth constantly but like the left is still not interested in any facts of the case they don't care if he was found innocent they don't care that he was defending himself it's like the same reason you still see tweets going wildly viral that say insane things about most state lines and you know he was this and that was legal you know all this stuff and i'm i'm hoping you know, it's probably hard to like spin up lawsuits against people while you're buried under lawsuits that are suspected to be funded by the left, you know, left wing media or left wing donors or some nature like that, something like that. So, you know, people forget the kids, you know, the kids out there still, you know, I think being taken advantage of by people. That's just my personal opinion. Uh, but, you know, it's like. The guy, the kid is f- buried with these stupid lawsuits that just seem very spurious. And you know, their only intent is to ruin his life. So, um, you know, I- I'll, uh, you know, Kyle's Twitter has a link to his Give, and Go if that's something that you want to do. I'll try to bring him on for an interview. I, he's definitely open to it. And I know, I think he did Nick's channel now. So I he seems like, you know, he'd be open to it. So I'll try to bring him on. I'll text him later today and see if he wants to come on next week to talk about it uh but yeah this sucks it sucks seems like things are extraordinarily rough at twitter financially but i don't think you know i don't think it really hits the same as it did back when you know elon didn't own it but i guess given you know, all of the kind of recent developments, a lot of people have lost a lot of faith in Elon. I still think he can bounce back and and regain that, but they are really, really doing everything they can to scrape together every single penny, which of course is not great timing with so many people deciding to cancel their Twitter blue, including myself, because I just feel like they, they can't be trusted. Like it just they just can't. But this morning... There is a tech, as they say, uh, bombshell as the tech giant announced plans to start charging developers for its API as Elon Musk desperately tries to claw back the 40% loss in revenue. Now, this is important because, for, for a lot of reasons, but I think there's a multifaceted kind of approach to why he's doing this. And it's not just about the money. It's also about the bots. Um, because a lot of these bots now run, you know, they run off API. They use API data to, to actually get through. But um, anyway, let's check out the story. Twitter, Twitter has announced that it will no longer offer developers free access to public data starting on January, February 9th. Oh, that's close. It's only a week away. Twitter's development team announced the move at 1 a.m., on Thursday, stating we no longer support free access to the Twitter API, both V2 and V1.1, a paid basic tier will be available instead. Application programming interfaces APIs provide companies, developers, and users with programmatic programmatic access to Twitter's data. According to Twitter's website, APIs allow developers to view public information stored in Twitter's data, which users can control how much is available. Now, a good example of this would probably be something like Social Blade, where Social Blade is providing the uh, the access to, you know, everyone's loving watching Eliza Blue's Twitter followers drop, right? That's using API data, I assume, to check how often, um, you know, check running follower accounts, same thing with YouTube subscribers, and if you noticed, really Social blade data has become less and less reliable because it seems like it's pulling API data less frequently. Um, and so, you know, trends are difficult to to find in real time, but you know, the data is still available over the years, hundreds of millions of people have sent over a trillion tweets with billions more every week. The team wrote in a late night tweet, Twitter data are among the world's most powerful data sets. We're committed to enabling fast and comprehensive access so you can continue to build with us. This moves comes after it was revealed that the social media company's revenue was down 40% compared to last year. And many advertisers have paused spending since the Tesla CEO took over as chief twit. Musk's you know, take over now. Insiders have told technology newsletter platformer that the site's daily revenue on Tuesday, January 17th was 40% lower than the same day a year ago. Now it's just a single date. So, I wouldn't exactly call that super duper representative data set but it's not awesome it's still a tuesday it's not like you compared a monday night to a sunday morning you know it's it's hard you know a lot of these people that pulled out of twitter i think they just stayed out and what's crazy is i feel like i'm seeing more ads now than ever and aren't ads supposed to be reduced with twitter blue i feel like i'm seeing more ads than i've ever seen before and it just it's nuts to think about the revenue being down that much with all the people that sign up for Twitter blue too. In the first quarter of 2022, Twitter generated 1.2 billion in revenue or, okay, hold on a second. One second. Let me analyze that number again. The reven the daily revenue was down 40%. Okay. So that's your total income. You made 40% less, but let's say, Twitter's costs are 50% down compared to last year, which you could probably, that's probably not that far off, which means they're actually made 10% more money than they did the year before on that date. So, you know, statistics can be funny. There's that line, there's lies, there's damn lies, and then there's statistics. Although this isn't really a statistic. This is just gross revenue, not net revenue. Net revenue being down 40% would be very, very bad. Meanwhile, more than 500 advertisers have paused spending with the site since Musk's takeover reports the information. Engineering manager Siddharth Rao is said to have informed employees of the drop in a presentation to the staff last month. Advertisers have been spooked by the company's mass layoffs and Musk's rush to implement paid verification features that resulted in scammers impersonating companies on Twitter. Social media platform, the social media platform also recently reversed it's 2019 on ban on political ads. Well, they're going to need that money. And that it said it would relax advertising policy on cause based ads in the United States and align its ad policy with TV and other media outlets. Again, they need the money. So, you know, in November, he admitted that there have been issues with advertising revenue, telling his followers, Twitter has had a massive drop in revenue due to activist groups, pressuring advertisers even though nothing has changed with content moderation and we did everything we could to appease them. Well, well, everyone knew that he had it extremely messed up. They're trying to destroy free speech in America. You mean like locking people's accounts for posting a publicly available picture? Yeah, I'm salty still. The company is yet to publish its fourth quarter earnings, which are set to be released in February. I assume that they won't be good either. Musk had planned to diversify Twitter's revenue away from ads in the long run. However, the sudden drop in spending will likely hamper the companies in the medium term. Musk already axed 75% of its 7,500 person strong workforce, resulting in dozens of laid off workers now trying to sue the company. They're not winning that lawsuit, by the way. And the firm is also facing a land uh, lawsuit from a landlord. Fine. Who cares? They don't care about paying rent. You know, they're just, they're just going to get rid of that. So, I mean. Revenue is down, but these people are ignoring costs also likely being down by a massive amount. And also understand that revenue is down market-wide. YouTube is down probably 30 40%, at least based on what I'm seeing. Why do you think they're so desperate to roll out shorts? Um, and they're so desperate to force YouTubers to live stream more. And they got super stickers and super chats and super dupers. All this stuff is really a way for YouTube to, to make 30%. Um, and so the entire space is also down. Again, inconvenient, you know, conveniently left out of that article. Also, where this may come in is, it's about bots. Gizmodo says, see, kiss some of your favorite bots, Twitter bots, goodbye. External app makers, researchers, and bot programmers will have to pay up if they want to regain access to the platforms behind the scenes, their interface. I don't necessarily have a problem with this, especially if you're using it for profit, you know, and everyone's kind of saying, oh, it's, you know, it's debt to pay, they've got to do all this stuff. Why wouldn't you charge for that? Especially if people are using that data to profit, like social blade is using that data to run ads and make money. Why wouldn't you charge them? I I, I don't understand why this is a weird thing. Currently Twitter provides free limited API access for broader access, lifted restrictions and additional features. There are paid premium tiers that developers can pay out for. Although the exact up-to-date pay schedule isn't clear in 2022 premium access reportedly started at $99 per month and went as high as $2,000 a month. Prices, it differ, difficult to imagine any casual programmer or researcher paying. Uh, I mean, maybe, I mean, I, I don't know, I guess. You could see like, oh, I'm posting a possum every hour. Hi all I regret to announce that. This bot will stop working on the 9th of February next week due to Twitter's new API policy. I have no intention of paying Twitter for basic API usage. You can follow the bot on Mastodon again. So this is really a move to probably greatly reduce the amount of bots. There are bots that that are good, that people like, that you know post pictures or post, you know whatever, in a certain amount of time like that. But I, I guess that might be. What if that number is a really small percentage of the overall bots, right? If 5% of bots are useful and the other, and this trims out 95% of other bots. I assume, I assume that's what this is for. I really do. They can't be making that much money renting out their API. I just really don't believe that's the case. I believe that they are doing this to get rid of bots. Uh, There are good bots. And by the way, if you wanted to run uh, run a possum an hour, you could use TweetDeck, which is free, okay? And you can schedule posts for a month. You don't need it to be an API. You could still run that same account with a little bit of planning. You could you could schedule a year's worth of posts in an afternoon. Um, and again, you don't need API access to that. So I think that this is getting kind of uh, blown blown out of proportion. Everyone's referring to it as like, Oh, they're doing this to make money i just don't think that this the amount of money they're going to generate from this is going to be any meaningful amount and and that this is really more aimed at getting rid of bots and spams and all, all this kind of stuff so of course you know even though i'm i'm me and elon are in a you know of lovers quarrel right now this feels like much ado about nothing let me know what you think in the comment section down below is are, are the days numbered is bankruptcy coming For Twitter, some think so. Even Elon Musk has suggested that. It seems like this whole mess, the like Eliza Blue files, for example, not just my work, it's the collective work of the internet. So everybody from content creators to their viewers, to the people on Twitter, to people who send emails, all this stuff have all been involved, right? And extraordinary, extraordinarily important. But it seems like that has now floated up, risen up to Twitter trust and safety, because they've now released like this panic, huge thread. Um, and I'll tell you why they did it, right? Okay, so there's a reason why they did this. There's a reason why uh, <laughs> uh, Eliza Blue is still like rapid, uh, retweeting, uh, trust and safety, trying to say, Oh no, we, we've got this handled. We've got this all figured out. It's because they were revealed. Like there was, they never really got rid of what they said they were going to get rid of the Eliza blue files part two, where it, it painted very clearly. Um, thanks to lots of people who helped me put that together very clearly. That Eliza Blue had claimed at one point that all these bad images were removed off of Twitter, um, and f- and pretended to take credit for that fact, when in fact they were not, and there were many people calling out the fact that yo, this actually isn't gone, right? So then, nineteen, uh, our um, Ella Irwin, the vice president, the VP of Trust and Safety, seemed to uh, start getting some heat from a U.S. senator. So you have this Senator from Illinois who tweeted out, you know, Elon Musk and Twitter must be held to previous promises to stop these type of images. Now I'm calling on the department of justice to investigate troubling reports that Twitter is failing to do. So I know this may seem narcissistic and it could be, but I actually think he's referring to like the Eliza blue situation and the Twitter files. I really are the Eliza blue files. I do think he's referring to that because he's basically, that's the troubling reports, right? That, you said it was gone and it is in fact not gone. So now you have a U.S. Senator in here and then immediately this was on January 31st. Well, actually I could tell you if it's because of this thread or not, because of when it was posted, um, the files were posted on January 31st at 12 PM. This tweet was at four, at three hours later. So it absolutely could be, it actually could be, uh, from that. So, Ella Irwin replies and says, preventing these type of images is our number one priority. We, uh, as we shared with your staff recently, we're moving more of it than ever building partnerships with industry uh, people and implementing new technology to features, to prevent this and related searches. Right. And then she links back to a report they put out on December 9th about account suspensions who are, you know, posting and sharing, You know, really bad stuff. Then at 4.15 p.m. yesterday, Twitter safety. After all this is kicked off now, obviously, it could all be a coincidence. There are some really good faith white-pilled individuals out there who have continued to tell me that this could all be a coincidence. You know what? You're right. It literally could be. It could all be a coincidence um, around this timing. It just doesn't feel that way. It doesn't look that way. So Twitter safety seems to like panic respond saying, huh, we're moving faster than ever to make Twitter safer and, and take this type of material off our platform. Here's an update on our work. Now, if you notice, this came out at 4.14 and was immediately retweeted by everyone's favorite grifter, Eliza Blue, right? Immediately retweeted. we moving faster than ever. Okay, uh, our recent approach is more aggressive in that we've proactively and severely limited the reach of any content we detect that may actually include this kind of stuff. This includes moving swiftly to remove the content that is suspended and, and bad actors involved. In January, we, res- we suspended 404,000 accounts that created or distributed and en- in- engaged with this content which represents a 112% increase now there's a couple of different ways that you could look at this. First, I'll look at it my way. Like, dang, that's a lot of we- creeps and weirdos. 400,000? That's concerning. Um, second of all, is it an overall rise in the its existence or an overall rise in bannings? We don't actually know. I've said before, you know, there's lies or damn there's damn lies and then there's statistics. So, is th- its presence increased by 112%? Or have your systems got 112% better at actually detecting it and removing it in real time? Because we know that because of part two of the lies of blue files, that there, that the actual system to report this content on your platform wasn't working, at least in the way that most people do, where you can report it from the tweet itself. The only thing that I, that we've heard was working was like people going to your website and reporting it from a specific. Um, you know, web form. So I mean, of course, they talk about this. You know, and then you know, uh, Ricardo asking why is this stuff allowed in general on Twitter? Twitter should have gone been gone a long time ago if it wasn't for, uh, you know, spicy content. Where, wherever you lie on, you know, people are asking why is there spicy content allowed on Twitter? You know, in my opinion, I don't like seeing it on my feed. Um, I don't like going to a popular hashtag. Um, thinking they're like making fun of the cowboys by cowgirls. And the first thing I click on is like, I am like, ah, what did the cowboys do? That sucked. And that's like, oh, it's all just, you know, prawn. Um, I don't like that. Um, but like, I'll stop short of saying it should be banned, but like, I strongly, I strongly don't like it. <laughs> like, it's just, I don't want to see it in my feed. Not when I'm trying to like record videos and all this kind of stuff. There's no reason for it to be on, on Twitter in my opinion, but, um, I'll stop short of saying it should be banned, but, you know, I'm starting to hate it more because once you allow that in, then you get all the, all, all the unintentional stuff, right? Where was this person old enough? It's like all those websites that are getting buried with lawsuits, you know, was this actor old enough? If they weren't, then why are you distributing these images and all this kind of stuff? So it seems like just unnecessary risk. Um, or you can see, you know, but are you suspending grifters? Because you seem to be suspending. A lot of people are exposing the grifters. Which is cringe at best and highly shady. You seem to be letting someone use your new process to remove anything she wants. You, know, you see, like, so you know. I guess, like, most people in here, you're like, I think that it, they're doing good things. Obviously, I don't think this is like one of those like dumb moments where it's like, yeah, I'm not going to be on the side of like, of course, I want this stuff gone. Everybody wants this stuff gone. It's not really a stunning and brave position to be in. But I think that all of this renewed approach is actually due to all of you. All of your hard work bringing up like, hey, what's going on here? You know, you said this stuff was deleted, but it's actually not. And it's still here and it's as bad as it's ever been. Now, this is back in December, January. But, you know, as of it is, you know, as things sit right now, this whole, you know... I think what you're gonna see, I could be dead wrong, but a prediction, you're gonna see Elon Musk interacting with far less private citizens. Have you seen him? Have you seen him interact with Ian Miles in a while? I think it's been many weeks, right? Because I think people got in his ear like, "Bro, he's a grifter. Why are you retweeting this guy?" Um, I think for a guy that just wants to kind of just s post on Twitter. Uh, sees a tweet and wants to react to it and then he's constantly getting scrutinized like oh why'd you why'd you um, uh, why'd you respond with a smiley face to this person he said this terrible thing 8 years ago i think you're just going to end up seeing elon beat into submission and not and just not responding to regular people anymore that that could be possible you know and i don't think he's happy i think he absolutely you know based on people around him that have reached out to me you know he obviously knows everything about the Uh, Eliza Blue scenario and if you look at his tweets other than Shibatoshi Nakamoto like he's you know uh, I guess here's JP Sears I suppose um so he is still kind of interacting with the people the same way so we'll see how that goes you know we'll see how this all goes here's Jake Shields um which is funny so yeah okay all right so no he really hasn't stopped You know, I haven't seen any uh, Ian Miles Strong replies, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. I think this has caused a lot of egg on his face, and uh, (laughs) I, I assume that he's not happy with this. I'm sure he's very not happy with her. You let me know what you think in the comment section down below. I think, obviously, it's a good thing that they've redoubled their efforts to remove this stuff. I think there can be a lot of good that comes from this. You know, in the world of Netflix entertainment, there are very, very few gems. And it seems like the gems, the the things that people actually like, uh, they don't last more than a season or two before Netflix uh, bails on them. Now, they've said, Netflix has said, oh, we don't cancel any shows that we think are making money. But it seems like the data on social media tends to kind of fly in the face of that. The massive outrage that usually follows a show's early cancellation. Shows like 1899, which seem to have a huge budget, huge buildup, and they bail on it immediately. While the show um, Dark by the same creators has been like a slow burn. Like people keep getting into it, keep, you know, and they just don't give anyone any time. You create this feedback loop of people's favorite shows getting canceled and they just don't try in the first place. That's the real problem. Like Archive 81, awesome show, loved it. Cliffhanger finale, not renewed. Like there's so many, uh, there's so many, uh, I tried, what was that criminal one? Anyway, there, there's just so many examples of it that people just get kind of like, they're, they're not, they get um like uh, shy to try new shows because they're just like, man, I don't want to invest this time and then have Netflix cancel it on me so quickly. So what's going on with their movies? Well, you people which is a movie that is uh, has a the the cringe concept of a Jewish guy dating a black girl and the family oh the racial tension right a joke that maybe you could have made the thing about this movie is you probably could have made this 10 years ago 15 years ago and went all the way with it and had like really offensive jokes and you know really pushed the boundaries but in like modern woke culture it's like woke Writers try to write edgy race jokes and they all sound like, you know, these Velma jokes and you have, you know, a movie that, you know, with big star power, Eddie Murphy hasn't been in a a lot of movies in a long time. I feel like, um, isn't it, uh, well, Jonah Hill, obviously in here, you know, big, big names, uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, Nia Long, David Duchovny, you have big names and this movie just stunk. 43 with critics, 39 with the audience. And it's like, you have this thing where it's clearly trying to play on like this race trope, but it's trying to do it from like a woke perspective. And that obviously doesn't work. And of course, it's completely backfired. And now people are pissed. Netflix's new hit comedy, uh, You People, starring Jonah Hill and Eddie Murphy, is branded horribly damaging to Jewish people, for pushing stereotypes of them being white privileged and racist. <laughs> this is why I, this is why there are no good comedies anymore. Like I think there are a lot of good suspense and drama series. Like I know I was like literally the last person on the planet to watch Severance, but it's been awesome. And it's on Apple TV. I thought Ted Lasso was great. That is kind it's still a drama, Ted Lasso. It has moments of levity, but it's not like a true comedy. Um and it's like you got Adam Sandler's crew pumping out, you know, some garbage movie every two years, but it's like the best we got for comedy. Kevin James, maybe, you know, it's like there's nothing there because all the writers are these woke idiots that won't take any risks. And it says, you know, uh, Netflix is is branded horribly damaging to Jewish people. Jonah Hill and Kenya Barris, new movie, has more than 55 million viewing hours. That's the star power that they had. Um and is currently sitting at number one movie on Netflix after it was released nearly two weeks ago. The main premise of the film follows a Jewish man, Hill, falling in love with uh, Amira Mohammed, who is black and Muslim. Oh, just get, yeah, get it all in there. Their relationship is tested as their respective families react to cultural differences. Critics have branded the movie as damaging as they claim the movie leans too heavily into stereotypes that were anti-Semitic. Author of... Jews Don't Count, David Baddiel, tweeted, If Jews Don't Count, it's a, wait, it's a Jews Don't Count fest. The Jewish family are positioned as white, privileged, and racist. The black family just have a stern dad. At the end, there's too much Jewish apologizing for racism, none for anti-Semitism. That word never appears. Allison Joseph's executive producer of nonprofit Jew in the City agreed, calling the movie really, really bad. Not sure what they were hoping to accomplish, but it didn't work. She tweeted, "Jewish and white are one and the same in the film." I, I mean, it's it's you know in the trailer they were already making jokes about you know what led to the Second World War and they kind of minimizing that event, the Big H, and so that's not good when your trailer includes cheap and really offensive, uh, Big H humor. I mean. Now I kind of just want to watch it and see like how offensive it actually is. It's it's like these modern films, these modern, you know, like woke comedies, they've got no chance. None. Like, it's just not, it's just, these writers can't, it's like, uh, this is what they wanted, right? They wanted everyone to be offended. They wanted everyone to have thin skin. They wanted everybody to be outraged. And now this is what you get. Garbage cinema. The viewers didn't like the show. This is like Netflix in a, bun- in a nutshell, right? Critics hated it. Viewers hated it. Number one viewed thing on Netflix. It's because Netflix has so little quality on it. There are so few peanuts in the tea. You know, like, there, there's just like, there's, there's so few. So you're like, oh, Eddie Murphy, Jonah Hill, David Duchovny, Ju- Julia Louis- Louis-Dreyfus. How could this not be anything but a home run? And you see like they do a comparison of slaveries versus the big H. It certainly shouldn't be a competition, but the pain of the big H shouldn't be downplayed as not mattering or being insignificant. Joseph's told the the Newsweek. I just like, it's like an oppression Olympics in a movie called, they call the film irredeemable. If you look at some of the, some of the actual critics, right? Um, a disappointing comedy that never fully commits to its own potential. That's what, I, that's what I'm saying. They could have just went all the way and had it be really offensive. Except all their jokes are probably couched in sarcasm and um, you know self-awareness. The one person who emerged with credit from the melee is Murphy, whose character grows even more rigid with anger, supporting actors as forceful as Ray Perlman and Elliot Gould barely got a chance to speak. The people feature unlikable characters and a story so formulaic that the execution never rises above the witty attractive comedy that this could have been. These characters completely lack any common sense whatsoever. The problem is the comedy of discomfort too often feels like a series of position papers more than a movie you people has this moments and might be worth watching for Murphy's performance alone, but it never comes together as either a consistent laugh generator or potent slice of cultural comedy. You know, I think that ultimately this is the entertainment we get nowadays is that, you know, we get content, we don't get movies. So rarely now do you get, you know, let's look at the last of us, for example, Everybody's saying The Last of Us show on HBO is so amazing. It's okay. Episode 3 was not that great. People on Twitter were losing their minds because of the dude-on-dude romance. They were pretending like that episode was so amazing, but it essentially wasted an entire hour just for, like, awards show bait, in my opinion. Like, literally nothing happened in that episode. That push the push the story forward, other than a few flashbacks, and you got to have a sweet dude on dude romance for an hour, which is what you know, which is what they want for awards and you know Twitter buzz. Okay, I get it. I love um, it was Nick Offerman. I think I think they acted well. You know it was fine. It wasn't quite as moving as people pretended it to be. I never really bought the whole like I just met you now I love you uh, thing. They rushed to that. Um, but anyway, like. People are so used to getting garbage, especially in the video game industry, like get video game TV shows that anything like moderately decent is like touted as being so amazing. It's the same on Netflix. People pay $12 a month for Netflix, 13 or $20 a month for like their premium package. They see, oh, Eddie Murphy, uh, you know, David Duchovny, Jonah Hill. This has got to be a, you know, slam dunk. And then they're like, wait, this is crap but people watch it anyway, which is so weird to me. I guess now I have like this morbid curiosity of uh, checking it out, but you know, yet another, like this is their own fault. And by they, I mean the Hollywood and writers. They're the ones that have been telling us for years that you can't talk about these certain things, or you can't laugh about certain things. Well, this is what you get now. Nobody is pleased by this movie. I hope you enjoyed this video. Let me know what you thought of it. If you saw it and we'll talk to you again real soon.